Hey, what's up, Missoula? It's Coulter Nuanez of your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Not only does the M Store in downtown Missoula have the best and most unique Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. That's right, they're all Grizz all the time down there at the M Store, which if you haven't been into their relatively new location there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway, go check it out. You're going to find Grizz stuff that you can't find anywhere else in Missoula or anywhere else in Montana. But they also have a new Apple store inside the M store. Now, I've been using a MacBook Pro for the better part of a decade, and it is awesome. But it's also a little bit precarious to find somebody to fix it. I also have a habit of leaving my MacBook chargers in various airports across the United States. Don't worry, I've accumulated like four or five of them now because I have to rebuy them. And then they, you know, eventually find them and send them back to me. But that's here nor there. Any and all Apple products you might need, any and all Apple service you might have to have taken care of, they can help you down there at the M Store. Go check out the M Store for all of your Apple needs and all your Grizz needs. The M Store, located in the heart of downtown Missoula, where they're all Grizz all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I don't even know what's more impressive, the fact that you know all the lyrics or that you have a history lesson about every song as well. Son. If you're gonna listen, if you're gonna listen, read or watch, have some context, have some history, oh, for sure. have a conversation about it. If not, then you're just kind of going through life. Man, what's up with Slick Rick? Slick Rick, love Slick Rick, right? One of the best storytellers in the in hip hop history. Um, that album in particular, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. Um, had a lot of legal issues because Slick Rick is actually from England. A lot Ooh. of people don't know about that. And he had some work visa issues here, which um, stunted his career. But his his penultimate, if you will, there's yeah. an SAT word of the day or Good ACT. Job. Thank you, sir. That, see what happens when you read? Um, <laughs> the album to this day is one of the most sampled, one of the most mm. honored and revered. And um, a lot of homage from him... Um, in the form of storytelling. Um, after that album, hip-hop kind of changed in how um, people articulated. He's very smooth, and it was less about the hook and more about, let's pay attention to what he's saying and just stop repeating what is being said. So he uh, he, he made people not only listen to hip-hop, but hear it differently. Nuan is now. Welcome back. Hour number two coming at you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Friday. Love that. The history lesson, always fun. Rajim Seabrook, uh, kind enough to come hang out with us here uh, on your Friday. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, we went through a bunch of different things. Fun things. Uh, definitely some fun things. The news of the day so far are the Big Sky Outdoor Track and Field Championships. Duncan Hamilton, fourth straight steeplechase title. Uh, the kid is absolutely headed to the NCAA regionals. I would expect to probably compete uh, in that same discipline at the NCAA national tournament. Mm. Uh, he also paced a finish that saw Montana State go one, two, three, and pick up a sixth place as well. So a bunch of points in the steeplechase for MSU. Rob McManus finished second in the steeplechase. Levi Taylor finished third. Owen Smith finished sixth. Hamilton then came back about 20 minutes after the uh, the steeplechase victory and ran 354 in the 1500 meters, the top qualifying time in that heat. So he's moving on in the 1500 as well. It's ridiculous. And Grace Gilbreth of Montana State also added some points on the women's side. She gets third in the steeplechase. Couple of a uh, Grizz uh, placer so far. Alfred Peterson of Montana, six seven and a half in the high jump. That's good enough for seventh. Brooke Stainer also ran the seventh fastest qualifying time. Missoula Sentinel product. 14.1 seconds in the 100-meter hurdles. 
Carolyn Hawks, a freshman at MSU, ran 54.78 in the 400 meter hurdles. Excuse me, the 400 uh, meters period, uh, and that was the third fastest qualifying time. And then just uh, recently, the uh, the qualifying times are in for the men's 100 meters. Blaze Holland of Sacramento State smoking fast, 10.21 seconds in the 100 meters. Uh, C- Cooper Hewitt, though, of Montana, and Tegum Holy Cross both going to the finals as top eight uh, qualifiers. Hewitt, fifth fastest qualifying time, 10.43, and Tegan Holy Cross, 10.52. Uh, so that's what's going down uh, in the wide world of track right now. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, uh, and the Montana State Bookstore. So I, first of all, define to me how you do, how you evaluate greatness when it comes to the hierarchy of, of professional basketball. Are you a, a rings and championships guy? Is the, the most important thing, or individual performance, or where, where where how do you sort of stack up the the main factors that go into evaluating NBA guys? To me, rings are last. Okay. Um, especially uh, and actually last for, among like the the, the, the criteria the three or four main pieces of criteria. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's for any sport, especially when I think about huh. NBA, MLB, and the NFL. How many greats there are that never won a championship, World Series, or Super Bowl? Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Dan Marino, Jim Kelly. Like, it's just... Yeah, I I do think, though, that baseball, you could be an all-time great player, and it doesn't... It only impacts winning marginally. Mm, Because you're um, you're an individual. Truth. there's Truth. There's no chance for Mike Trout to win the game in the final inning of the game if Mike Trout doesn't have it at bat. Right. Whereas in basketball... The best player is going to be touching the ball in the fourth quarter, Truth. so he is the Absolutely. number one person in control of winning. Great, hey, that's a good argument. Yeah, <clears throat> see that, folks. <laughs> Communication, opposing sides without the confrontation, it actually can happen. Thank you, Coulter, it's for being a very, civilized human person. It's actually very fun. Uh, yes. Okay, so c- carry on. Though. What, so what, how do you do, sort of break these down? So my criteria for who I would consider great, regardless of the sport, is um, did you change the game in any which way? Yep. Did you change the game, or was the did the game ever have to be changed because of you? So guys like Wilt Chamberlain, guys like Stephen Curry, both have uh, high elevated uh, reputations in your Absolutely. Book, okay? Absolutely. Um, how did you make those around you better? Yep. Did you make a bunch of hamburgers turn into a T-bone? Yep. Or did the hamburgers turn into bologna when you got there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And when when I think about how other people, uh, a certain grades elevated those around them, that's that to me is a sign of greatness in and of itself. When you're that good to make other people better, that's a that's a that's an accomplishment and a great feat. Um and then the rings are the last. How much did you win? Yeah. Right? How much did you win? Because like, when I think about some of the all-time greats who never get talked about because they weren't on many winning teams that were awesome players, Mitch Richmond. Yeah, that's a good one. Right? He comes to mind. Um, Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller won pretty good, though. Reggie Miller just was stuck in the Eastern Conference with Michael Jordan for the, the formative years of his career. Yeah, it was, it was New York, Chicago, Indiana, That's just right. beating up on each other for, you know, and almost Miami a decade. Miami was in the mix a little bit, too. Later like, on, late, yeah. Later 90s. Later when they had 90s, a totally. Yeah, so those are those are my criteria for, for who I would deem great. Okay, so I think that the, the sort of... The, the and record breakers. I love me some good record, like multiple record breakers. I think a lot of people lean on winning first and rings first. And uh, mm. I also think, though, where you stand in the hierarchy of your team, like the pecking order of the team that you play on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys. 
that have won at an incredibly high level that are considering you know top 15, top 20, top 30 players. Give an example so those who are listening at home can uh, have your contextual J- reference. James Worthy is considered a top 50 player of all time. James Amazing. Worthy, James Worthy was Amazing. never for one second the best player on his team, though. Never. You had Kareem. You had Magic. Scottie like, Pippen was also never the best player on his team. Even it, when he changed franchises and went to Houston, or, nope. he was never the best player never. on his team. Yeah, Ray Allen, when he was the best player on his team, his team wasn't very doing anything. Then when he went and became the third or fourth best player, all of a sudden he wins championships. But he's still considered an all-time great player, right? Totally. So being the best player on your team and dragging maybe uh, teams with less talent far, that is worth a lot to me in my hierarchy of legacy. But I, I've just been thinking a lot about Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler now has been a part of... Uh, if they win tonight, I think it'll be his 16th playoff series win, which is far superior to guys like Carmelo Anthony, uh, probably even Paul Pierce, although Paul Pierce stacked up a lot late. Mm-hmm. Certainly way Much, more. Yeah. Certainly way more than Allen Iverson. Like, and and Jimmy Butler has been arguably the best player on his team in these playoff runs, particularly in Miami. Uh, th- th- as Andrew has pointed out, a lot of uh, the the knock against Jimmy Butler is. When he hasn't been the best player, the situation hasn't worked at all, and they've hardly won. Like when he was in Philadelphia and he was supposed to be number two to Joel Embiid, it didn't work out very well. That's why he got traded to Miami. It's the same thing in Chicago. Like it didn't work out very good with Derrick Rose and Joe Noah and those guys, and he gets shipped off. He's played for so many teams, and I think a little bit of it's muddled. But recently, Jimmy Butler, you know, taking that team to the finals in the bubble. Now he's got a team again on the brink of going to the Eastern Conference Finals. He's had some big-time playoff performances. So we were debating where Jimmy Butler fits into like the hierarchy of, of two guards in NBA history. He's not Michael Jordan. He's not Kobe Bryant. He's not uh, Allen Iverson, certainly. But then the next guys start rolling around, and it's an interesting argument, right? Whether it's Vince Carter, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller. So that was the one we sort of settled upon is where we're at with these guys that are all-time greats. Is Jimmy Butler better than Reggie Miller or vice versa? Ooh. Isn't it good? That's a it's a great litmus test. You're a dirty dog, and I love you for being it. That's such a hard question. Isn't it so hard? The points for Reggie Miller. One, he was drafted by the Pacers and stayed with the Pacers forever. So he was the face of the franchise in a tiny market. Forever. The Pacers have been an irrelevant NBA team except for when they had Reggie Miller. Totally. Before Reggie Miller, irrelevant. After Reggie Miller, Eh, the only really things that made him relevant was the malice at the palace, and that was you know, it. Like a couple okay teams with Jermaine O'Neal and Ron Artest, eh. but like the the Pacers were, you know, the Pacers were basically played either the Knicks or the Bulls every with the, year with the right to go to the conference finals every year, and they went to the every conference year. finals I think five times in the span of about ten years. So I think Reggie gets gets credit for staying in Indiana and for winning in Indiana, and for being and being you know. He's also hit like top ten, like three of the biggest top ten shots in the his uh, modern day history of For the sure. NBA. I, I'd say that though the 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 knocks against Reggie Miller are some of his accomplishments are overblown because he did them in Madison Square Garden while just completely screaming at Spike Lee and like it's made it made for right. great theater hyperbole. Yeah, right. I mean, th- you know, there was a documentary basically made about Spike Lee and Reggie Miller. Oh yeah, hating each other. Oh yeah, totally. You know? And like you look back at those series, they were great series, but it was also like the second round of the NBA playoffs. It wasn't actually meaning that much in the history of the game. I guess if someone had to say right now, Regime, if you had to take an in prime Jimmy Butler and an in prime yeah. Reggie Miller, I'm taking an in prime Jimmy Butler. I just think he. Can, I think he can do more with the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a better defender. When it comes down to like their all league stuff too, 
Jimmy Butler's been All-NBA only only one time, but Reggie Miller was only All-NBA three times. They've both been All-Stars, I think, seven times each. So they've mm-hmm. been All-Stars, but not quite All-NBA. Right. So, you know, it's, it's interesting sort of the jockeying back and forth. I just think Jimmy Butler doesn't – he's not a tip-of-the-tongue response to any question when it comes to the history of the game or greatness, but he has had – a lot better, I think, than people realize. Career. He's had a great career, and he's and he's he's won wherever he's gone. Mostly has won wherever he's gone. He's put up really good numbers consistently. Um, he's just one of those guys going back to Jokic. Isn't marketable for you to even have him? You know, he's not on the tip of your tongue because he's not in front of your eyes. If you get right. what I'm saying, you know. So I, I, oh, so I think- let's say Jimmy Butler went to a big time college and not a junior college. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Butler was a first round pick and not a second round pick. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Butler was, you know, there's a lot of this that goes into this where like part of why I think Jimmy Butler is so good is cuz Jimmy Butler is a straight junkyard dog. Like Jimmy Butler straight, had straight living in your car. He broke, he, he literally had to fight his way into the for NBA. For everything. And that's why he doesn't take any of it for granted. Some of these modern day superstars are soft and they Divas. They, they fold. And that's why he just eats them alive in the playoffs. Yes, sir. But I also think that like the NBA doesn't necessarily think that that is that marketable. You know what I mean? See, to me, he has one of the best stories in the I league. I totally agree. I just like, I don't know why a, they don't market him more. Yeah, well, because he sneers like Billy Idol. It's you so know what true, I mean? Man. Like his his face is just one of which. <laughs> You know, you know, it's like Lamar Jackson. He ain't in that mug home. No, no one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. More NBA and NFL coming up here in just a little uh, bit. Some more Big Sky Outdoor Track and Field Championship results. The qualifi- qualifying times for the 800 meters where the women are in. Masson Smith of Montana State runs the third fastest qualifying time, so she is into the finals. That's the only uh, Montana or Montana State finisher uh, in that heat. The men's 800 meters uh, is coming up here uh, in just a minute. The women's 100 has run. I watched the highlight on Twitter. Alyssa Colbert, who's one of the, the rising stars in the league out of northern Arizona, I think she ran 11-1 flat <laughs> in the 100 meters. That's unbelievable. I mean, that, that's like beating most most fields of guys you would find running the 100 meters. Sands, like top-level Division One. She's beat most of them, so uh, pretty impressive for the. Uh, How do you yeah. move that fast in such a short distance? Like my knees hurt no, thinking for sure. about and that. And Alyssa Colbert is like five five. I was going to so say, yeah, have, not the biggest human being yeah, either. She does not have the uh, the the length, the stride. You know what that is? That's quicker feet than longer strides. No, totally. Uh, foot speed for sure. That's what the sprints coach would tell you. You know what's up? Holly Sudol of Montana ran the top qualifying time in the four hundred meter hurdles. Uh, so that those finals are coming up tomorrow. Uh, as well. Five-time All-NBA, but only one above third-team for Jimmy Butler. I see. Okay, so he's been basically four-time third-team All-NBA and just one-time second-team All-NBA, I'm assuming? Yeah, and Reggie Miller's got three All-NBA. third-team All-NBA. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, it's really close. Jimmy Butler's made six All-Star teams. Reggie's made five. It's like Jimmy Butler's Made a bunch of all-defensive teams. Jimmy yeah, Butler's got yeah. a steals title, but Reggie Miller was like the best free-throw and three-point shooter in the league for multiple years. I mean, Reggie Miller is is probably considered the second-greatest free-throw shooter in NBA history besides... Steph. Uh, Steph? Well, I, I guess probably your top would be Rick Barry, in, in no particular order. Rick Barry, Reggie Miller, Stephen Curry, and Mark Price. Those are probably your, Truth. Sure. your four guys that yeah. shot 90% for their careers, yeah. right? Yep. 
Maybe Steve Nash was up there in the '90s, but you know, I mean, Reggie Miller's 90 percent free throw shooter in his career. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's it's pretty much impossible to be better than that. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep talking some NBA. I want to play another game with you though. Oh, Rod here Seabrook, we go. Uh, riding with us here. Here we go. Uh, on Friday, we ran out of smarter dumb. We did the whole magazine. Dude, you no, you no, 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 no. I'm, I'm look. I'm going on this. I'm, I'm hoping people will support this. We need more smart dumb. Yeah, I do. love we smart do. dumb. I had friends that listen to the show. They're like, that was the best thing. That was one of the best things outside of Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cult following of its own. Yeah. We need smart dumb. So listen, you, you and Andrew got a week. That's right. We'll do it. We'll get some more. We'll get some more bold statements. Maybe Andrew can draft some up for us. Andrew's smart. He's got some blindside questions for us. But I want to start this game. That I want to continue this game that Andrew and I started the other day. So here's the game. This is a meshing uh, this is a messing of the NFL as well as our history book. We've done our history lessons. Um, hey, I tried to research to see if there was another. There, yeah. That was it. Uh, this one came that out in it. 1958. So that have, was it. Those watching on SWX or streaming on ESPN MT app, we uh, we have this cool book, uh, copyright 1958. So cool. It's the 100 Greatest Sports Heroes, but that was up until 1958. So basically the first half of the 20th century. So we went through this, and it was an interesting exercise in the people that you absolutely definitively remember, the Jackie Robinsons of the world that you know most of the details about still, to then the people that you maybe needed a little bit more of a reminder about, you know, the, the Stan Musials and George Mikans of the world, and then the people you had absolutely no idea about. It was also an interesting exercise in uh, sort of the, the priorities of the sporting world at the time, what, what sports were popular, what sports sort of earned you national or, or international recognition. So here's the game I have in front of me. The uh, NF- this, is, this was put together by the NFL, NFL.com. The top NFL players of the 1970s. So uh, it's basically the same game. We, we just say what we know about these guys or if we've heard of these guys or not to see how, how much the legends have resonated. This is voted on by NFL.com writers as well as uh, NFL Hall of Fame members. Of the 70s. Of the 70s. I'm so, going to see how many, because I wrote some of my favorites down. Okay, nice. Oh, uh, okay, so let's see who you wrote down. Uh, I wrote down Dick Buckus. Let's see if Dick Buckus is on the list. Dick Buckus might be considered more of a 60s guy. I think he is, okay? Bob Lilly. Bob Lilly. So Bob Lilly was the first one I was going to present to you, so let's st- stop right there. Okay. Uh, Bob Lilly. Scary th- th- dude. This is a great uh, history lesson for uh, people that don't really know about the early days of the NFL. Bob Lilly probably to this day is still widely considered one of the great defensive tackles in the history of the NFL. When he retired, he was considered the greatest defensive tackle in the history of the league. Yeah, top top three in my book for me. Yeah. Absolutely. So he was a he, he was first-team All-Pro seven times. Mm. He... Uh, he ranks on this list as the 16th best player in the 1970s, but they do say, this says blankly, the top defensive tackle in NFL history, Lilly only ranks outside the top 10 in the 1970s because he retired in 1974. Yes. He was a seven-time first-team All-Pro in the 70s and only twice in the, or excuse me, in the 60s and then only twice in the 70s, but still, uh, nine-time first-team All-Pro as an interior defensive lineman. Uh, that's going to be, I don't know if that's the all-time most, but that is certainly among if it's not already the all-time most. My uncle uh, played D3 um, this, for this small school called CW Post out there in Long Island many, okay. many years ago. And um, I remember a distinct picture of his locker back when the, you know lockers were the width of a saltine cracker. And, okay. and in his locker 
were pic- the three pictures he had was of Bob Lilly. Okay. Mean Joe Green. Yep. And Earl Campbell. Wow. He goes, if I ever get to play like any of these guys, it's been a good day. And I bet those other two names are probably on that list because they're on mine as well. That's right. Earl Campbell, number 10 on this list. Earl's on mine. Um, Earl Campbell also only played a couple years uh, in, in the uh, in the 1970s because he, he was sort of late 70s into early 80s. Mm-hmm. I, I think Earl Campbell was one of the first people that made the American public start to truly realize the brutality of football. Mm-hmm. Because Earl Campbell was... The beast among beasts. He was he was the biggest bulldozer running back in the history of the of football. He was the first like actual like what I would consider a battering ram of of, of a half. Absolutely, and he fell apart physically. Phys- I mean, he it, can't walk to this day. He can't it, walk. It shows you like everybody. Everybody has a shelf life, right? People are talking right now about Derrick Henry as this invincible monster who just can't be slowed Let's down. Let's talk in twenty years. He's he's five years into this. Earl Campbell was was. Rolling people for the first seven, and then it started to hit, to Hard. erode, 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 and then he falls off a cliff, and it, you know he's out the league after year nine, and now to this day he can't walk, he can hardly walk. So uh, I think that was he was one of the first examples though of introducing just how brutal the game is. Today. Oh, for sure, for sure. Who also have on this list? So you had Joe Green on the list, and and Earl Campbell, we'll, we'll Bob Lilly. We'll just give you the full spoiler alert. Joe Joe Green is number one on oh, this list. Of course, man. Do do you not remember the Coke commercial? Can I have... Here you go, kid. Thanks, Mean Joe. It was a great commercial. Got Walter Payton on that list. Uh, Walter Payton is certainly on uh, this list. Walter Payton. Roger Staubach. Walter Walter Payton was number seven on this list. Most, See, I most know of, what I'm doing. Most of uh, Walter Payton's great exploits came in the 80s, but he did have his single greatest single season uh, in 1977. Well, what was it, 74 to 77? He had three years of 1,300 yards rushing back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. 1,852 yards rushing in you, 1977 was the second most uh, in NFL history. In a 10-game season. 14-game. Uh, 14-game season. But Sorry, like, like, you really got to do the math on that, folks. No, for sure. Uh, very, very impressive. I mean, you're talking well over 100 yards a game. Then I have Ray Guy. Ray Guy is not on this list. But Ray Which Guy, is tragedy. Ray Guy is certainly one of the great punters in NFL Of all history. time. Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan is on this list. Uh, as is his uh, running mate, uh, uh, John Stallworth is also on this list. And his other, the other big three should be Art, there. Art Schill is on this list as well. He's number 14. Franco Harris should be there. Uh, let's see if Franco... Franco's number nine, yeah. Terry Bradshaw should be there. Let's see if Terry makes the list. Terry is the snub of the list. Woo! Are you kidding me? That uh, breaks my heart. From the list. OJ. O.J. Simpson is, uh, I believe, number three. Yep, number three on this list. O.J. Simpson's uh, 1970s statistics are a laugh out loud. I mean, you talk about the 14-game season. He rushed for 2,100 yards during a 14-game season. That was the all-time record in the NFL uh, up until when Eric Dickerson broke it. Um, The Juice also had 1,800 yards just two years after his 2,000-yard season. Uh, he was rushing for 120 yards per game for the first five and a half years of his career, and then he, he suffered the injury, and then all of a sudden he was on commercials, and then all of a sudden he's on uh, you know, <laughs> he hard copy. Yeah, uh, uh, Kenny Stabler. Kenny Stabler was when we started this actually earlier this week, and Ken Stabler, the rattlesnake, uh, he was number 17 on this list. What about um, um, what's his face? I am thinking of his son, not Bob Greasy. Bob Greasy's number twenty on this list. Yeah, okay. good one. Okay, yeah, good one. Um, 
Who else? Who else? I said Art Shell. You did say Art um, Shell. Cliff Harris. Uh, Cliff Harris. Wow. Cliff Harris should be there. Really good. Cliff Harris um, is uh, is good. I didn't I didn't know much about Cliff Harris uh, before in, embarking on this. Mm-hmm. Um, guy missing teeth. Jack Ham. Jack Ham should be there for sure. Uh, gosh, who else? Who else? Roger Sabak, you already mentioned, he's on there as well. Alan Page is oh, number five. Alan Page was. Leave? Alan Page Good was Lord. the uh, was a three-time uh, defensive MVP of the league. Played for the Purple People Eaters, uh, the Vikings. He's definitely widely considered one of the uh, the great interior defensive linemen ever. Uh, Kenny Houston is also that's another uh, good one. Drew on Pearson list. should be on there. Drew Pearson's on there. Larry Little. Larry is on Little's here a good one. Well. Jack Youngblood. Oh, Terry Bradshaw is on here. I'm sorry, it's just buried behind. Uh, it, Terry Bradshaw is on here as well. Dude, so this is basically the top, me. the top twenty uh, of the '70s is basically half Steelers and then half everybody else. Well, Amazing. I mean, but if you look at who the teams were of those decades, it was the Steelers and the Cowboys, and, and the Dolphins were and the Dolphins were right there. Well, yeah, they won, absolutely. They and won the a championship and played in a Super Bowl. The Raiders won and two the Raiders. championships. Yeah, totally. So you have both Multiple representatives from the Raiders on here as well. So, yeah, I don't know. Fun, fun exercise for sure. We should do the 80s next week. Let's do it. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We don't know what we're talking about next. Andrew's got questions for us. Blindside Ruh-roh. coming at you. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuwana's coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. Welcome back, folks. <laughs> it's so good. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Open it up some cards from our good friends over at Zootown Sports Cards. Appreciate uh, the haul. We're going to uh, pace this out a little bit more. Uh, but we got excited. You know, we got ourselves a Robert Mathis jersey. Now we're ripping some cards. Uh, I got myself some of the new uh, Top Stadium Club Chromes. Got my first Aaron Judge card, so that's cool. Ooh, he just, hey, he came off of IR and cranked one the other night, Yeah, baby. got a Trey Turner card. Never had one of those. Got a little old-school Jose Canseco card. Got a couple rookie cards. So, uh, you want to get some packs in your life. Mm, a little John Moran action on this end of the uh, rainbow. Go uh, 
check out Zootown Sports Cards down there at the Stevens Center. Uh, LeBron. Raj is opening some Donruss uh, basketball from last season, I some think. Some Luca. Yeah, yeah that's Luca, fun. A little Luca love, a little Bron, Bron. Nice. It's always weird. This is how you know you're old when I'm looking at Gary Payton's son on a basketball card. Hey. Who threw it down a couple of weeks ago on LeBron, which was awesome. Yeah, this is this is fun, man. This is this is a lot of fun. Uh, go check out Zootown Sports Cards down there at the Stevens Center, uh, just up the way from Katie O'Keefe's, and a uh, great place for collectors of all ages. You got kids who want to get them into some sort of fun hobby, this is a good way to do it. Or if you yourself want to reignite an old hobby or carry on a current one, uh, it's fun, man. That's a great place. Uh, Andrew Houghton now chiming in with us here. Uh, and this is what happens when we get to this time of year, where we really just want to have some fun. Big basketball games coming up uh, in the NBA. The, the NFL is far away, but not that far at all, so we're just going to keep talking about it because that's what we do. And uh, I promise, Raj, we'll make you a new version of Smarter Dumb because you love that game so it's much. so much fun. Uh, what do you got for us today, Andrew? You can go wherever you want. You can go ba- ba- uh, basketball, football, whatever you want. Yeah, NFL schedule reveal was yesterday. Oh, baby, uh, did you guys I- watch the Titans video? I hate nothing more in this world than the NFL schedule reveal, and oh, that, that is a, a a day now on the calendar. Uh, it did makes you guys no watch sense. the Titans reveal? Yes, I watched it. Uh, so, Roger, did you watch it? Yeah, dude. I <laughs> yeah, dude. He yeah, says. I, I d- d- come, come back to me on that. Not, I, I, not necessarily the uh, the peak of human intelligence. So. For those that didn't see it, dumb. Talk about smarter, <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb. So the Titans went up and down the main drag of Broadway in Nashville. The Titans, like social media team did. And they basically just did a man on the street with people in Nashville. Uh, and they showed them the logos of the teams the Titans were playing. And it was basically like dumb answers only. <laughs> so everybody was just, you know... Uh, some of the responses were just hilarious of people having no idea what the NFL logos were. Go check it out on social media if you want to find it. So anyways, Andrew, the, uh, the the schedule was released yesterday. Do we, you hate this. Why? Just just because you think it's ridiculous? Or yeah, what? it just doesn't mean anything. We've known who the... I mean, the way that the NFL schedule is set every year. You know who you're playing from, who you finish in, where you finish in your division. Right. Like, I don't care whether the Eagles are playing on Thursday night football, Monday night football. If they're going... I don't care about... Any of that this because you're just going to find out anyways, right? Like you don't need to know right now. It's going to come you, around in four months. You're yeah. just going to know exactly when the Eagles are playing each week because you'll just look it up that week, right? And I don't need people to tell me the Eagles are going to have a tough schedule this year. I know they are. They finished f- right. first in their division. They That's the way the, the NFL schedule the works. Yeah, so exactly. who is it a day for? It's a day for like the worst talking heads on TV to pretend <laughs> like they're breaking down something serious. And it, to be fair, it's a day for all the team's social media people, which like it's cool to see them having fun with it. Sure. Sure. Anyway. Anyways. The one thing that we can have fun with this is that now that the schedule's out, the books are posting real futures. Yeah, okay. So I know you guys are going to do the over-unders for, for every oh, team yeah. as we get closer oh, yeah. to the season. I don't oh, want to yeah. step on that. I just want to get... Your initial thoughts here, top five teams on Sportsbet Montana to win the Super Bowl, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Buffalo, San Francisco, and Cincinnati, ranging from Hmm. plus 590 for the Chiefs to plus 900 for the Bengals. If I give one of you guys 20 bucks and tell you you got to bet this on one of the futures, which of those teams are you taking? Oof. Man. It's been sort of 50-50 the last... 
I'd say 10 or so years, when a young up-and-coming team gets to the Super Bowl and loses the Super Bowl. It's been 50-50 what that happens to that team. About half the time, they make another run, like back to the conference championship or back to the Super Bowl. About half the time, they fall flat on their face and they go like 5-11. and 11. I think of the Seahawks when they went two years in a row and won one. But then I also think of the Rams who went the year and then fell down on their face but then took a couple years to get back and got back and won. Uh, and then you think of teams that just get there once and then just fall completely off a cliff. So I mean, you, Carolina, you'd be you'd be uh, probably smart to say Philadelphia only because they do have the best sort of continuity coming back, and they also, if you use the Super Bowl loss as fuel to the fire, uh, you know, if it goes well, then that could be very good for you. Yeah, if I had to, and I hope none of my family are listening to this because I will be shot upon sight. Um, I'd have to put that twenty dollars. On Philly, yeah, um, they were possibly three to four plays away from actually winning that Super Bowl. Yep, um, their off-season departures versus acquisitions uh, was was a beautiful thing. They retained a lot, um, and the Eagles drafted well. And uh, you know, the rich the rich got exponentially richer. And um, when I look at what they're doing, you know, just in conference. Um, they're going to beat Washington twice. They're yeah. going gonna to beat New York. And then Dallas is a push to kind of split. So half of their schedule is almost wins um, against inferior um, just because the, the other teams just, you know, in, in the NFC East just aren't there. Um, they win the NFC East hands down this year. Um, yeah, I, my money's on Philly. And I, I can't look Andrew in the eye right now as I say that. <laughs> There is a little bit of separation there, too. The Chiefs are at plus 590. The Eagles are at plus 775. Wow. So if you think they're about on the same tier, you're getting some value. For sure. With the Eagles, even though they got the second best odds. All right. Just one more thought on that. I do think that the uh, biggest challenger to the Eagles in the NFC is the Niners, but I do think they have too much volatility right now. Yes. What they're doing with quarterback. Yep. I think the Bills are going to be in the mix in the AFC for a long time because they got an elite player at quarterback. But I think they need to fundamentally redefine the way that they play. I agree. They can't just be riverboat gambling all the time. At certain points, you have to be able to run the ball a little bit. You can't just let Josh Allen freelance. Because sometimes it's feast and sometimes it's famine. But you can't have famine in the biggest games, especially against guys like Patrick Mahomes. So I'm not ready to take the Bills. I already got burned on the Bills as sort of the up-and-coming team a couple years ago. So I'm, I'm wary of the Bills from a, from a true you know win the conference or win the Super Bowl-type perspective. Cincinnati is an interesting one because, as we've seen in the NFL, too, like last year, you don't want to believe it, but the Eagles might have peaked last year. The, the Bengals, conventional wisdom says they haven't quite peaked yet. They got to the Super Bowl, they lost. I'll give you that. They made another run. So the Bengals might be a good value add there. But I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, if you really wanted to be smart about it, you just put your money on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs every single year for the next 10 years, and you're probably going to hit half the time, right? As long as the Chiefs got Mahomes, they're going to be hard to bet against. I mean, they're going to be in the AFC Championship game a minimum. That's what we've learned. That's we'll, right. We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm not. Hmm. We'll, I'll, Five in we'll, a row. Yeah, I don't know. Their offense doesn't scare me as much this year as it has in past years. Um, it scares me, man. Did you see the second half of that Super Bowl? <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> Look, man. Yeah, I saw it. I was busy. Cr- I was crying. I was crying because the week before, your boys spanked my uh, spanked the blue men up. 
Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not totally sold on the Chiefs. I'm just not totally sold on the Chiefs. Um, we'll see. It's way too early. <laughs> Speaking of talking heads who don't need to be talking, um, yeah, it's it's just too early. Got to see what comes out of the draft. Like, you know what shakes out from draft picks. What happens in training camps? Yep. Who gets hurt? Who sits out? There's too many X factors to even for me to just give me that twenty bucks. It'll, it'll disappear one which way, shape, fashion, <laughs> form of another. No one's down here. Speed radio. All right, blind side number two. What else you got? Well, I know regime just said there's too much to decide on here. I think this is the fun part. The bottom five teams on Montana Sports Bet, the Titans are plus 8,000. The Buccaneers are plus 9,000. The Colts are plus 10,000. The Titans are the the bottom five teams in the the NFL. That is correct. And the Texans and the Cardinals are plus 15,000. If I gave you 20 bucks to bet on one of those teams. To be the worst. No, to win the Super Bowl. Colts, you're taking the Titans? I'm definitely taking the Titans. I, I thought if, if the bet is on who's the worst, it's the Houston Texans. Oh, hands down. And, I agree and, with and that. But I also think that the Arizona Cardinals could be in the mix to be the worst, too, because they got Kyler Murray out. They got a new head coach. They, they were dysfunctional as all get out last year. Yeah, and they're saying his injury, he's not coming back as fast who, on the recovery who's track. Who's the either. other ones? I, I blacked out after you said the Titans were there. So it's the Titans, the Texans, the, Texans, the Cardinals, and who are the other two? Tampa Bay and Indy. Oof. Garbage, garbage, basura, and more garbage. Man, I think Indy could be okay because Indy's got a good offensive line. They got a good running back. They got good players on defense. Anthony Richardson has just got a hit. I mean, you could see Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor doing like a... For sure. I mean, even if he can't throw it that well, you could see him doing like a rookie year Lamar Jackson impersonation. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. The Colts were a fringe playoff team with mostly the same core, but with lasagna neck, Matt Ryan. Oh, noodle neck, (laughs) Matt Ryan. And and Phillip Rivers. So I don't know. Maybe a young quarterback gets you there. I don't know. This shows you how... uh, I'm actually shocked that four out of those five teams are listed in the bottom five. I think this shows you the parity that exists in the NFL. I mean, okay, so... Tennessee shocks me. Well, especially because Tennessee and Indy are in the same division. That division's not good. So who do they think is going to be better? That they're, they're anointing the Jaguars as the, the champions of the AFC South? Dude, there's talk that Lawrence might be an MVP candidate well, next he, year. He oh, should I'm be. buying that. I'm I mean, buying as that. A, as yeah. a number one overall pick with transcendent talent who's gotten better each year, Absolutely. He, he needs to be an MVP candidate by year Absolutely. four. You have to be. You have to be. i got to be in that conversation. What were you going to say, Drew? Uh, I'm but taking the Colter, Titans in that scenario. Coulter, to Me answer too. your question, the Jaguars are minus odds to win the AFC South. They're minus 154 right <gasps> Who's now. Who's favorite to win the AFC South? No, that's then. what he's saying. That, no, the Jags are our favorite. As oh, okay, minus okay, odds okay, okay, saying okay, the Jags sorry, are favored against the field. Well, gotcha, out of those, bottom, I five, out of those bottom five teams, I'm taking the Titans because I, just Hands think, down. I think Mike Vrabel's a good coach. I don't know if he's like, you know, one of these – Transcendent, going to get you three nah. extra wins, guys. But he's also a lot better than a lot of guys in the NFL. This is true. I'll take him over anyone that's coaching in Cleveland. <laughs> no, I was down ESPN Radio. Maybe we'll have a little bit more fun. Blindside continued on your Friday. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know If you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. Yeah, I mean, the sooner you call us, the better. You know, we're available 24-7, consultations are free, and when you've been in that accident, insurance companies are going to be jumping all over you to talk. So give us a call first and get yourself an attorney. 406-640-4444 or online, montanaadvocates.com. Free consultations, the Montana Advocates 
reminding you that you deserve an advocate. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Always learning about the new jams. That's... You know what's funny? I think that song might be as old as you. Hey. Hey. I'm middle-aged now, so. <laughs> you know, folks, if this man wants to live to middle age, he can't, He, I will knock him out. He, he's making these comments to a man who's 10-plus years his senior talking about middle age. Man, you couldn't spell middle age in a room full of M-I-D-D-L-E-A-G-E-S's. Get out of here. That's my favorite thing. I'm always telling Rajiv and Carolyn that I'm middle-aged, and they just can't handle it. It's uh, it's classic. Welcome back to Ons Now. <laughs> Rajiv Seabrook rolling with us here uh, on your radio. Uh, thanks so much for kicking it today, man. If you missed anything in today's show, well, I'm not going to give you the whole rundown of all of it cause because we talked we about a lot. <laughs> we talked about a lot. Big Sky Outdoor Track and Field Championships are rolling on. Uh, Doug at Hamilton, four times now, steeplechase champion of the Big Sky. He also had the top qualifying time in the uh, 1,500 meters, and we went through a whole bunch of other results. Uh, on the Montana side of things, probably most interesting to uh, Grizz followers, Brooke Stainer, a freshman into the finals of the 100-meter hurdles. So uh, she is certainly uh, excelling during her freshman year there at Montana. Uh, we also talked some NBA. We also talked some NFL. We talked some 70s NFL teams. We talked some high school track and field. And we've been playing the NFL blindside here uh, during the second hour. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented... By Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Uh, What's well, not shorts, man? I'm going to get you a pair to yeah, go along I, with your birthday present that I have for you sitting at the love it. Casa de la Moi. Uh, I love it. Regime's where. So there's. This is funny. I think that, uh, especially uh, people of a certain age, middle aged. All, all these new innovations are too complicated. All, all these, these new machinations. All these young people that order everything off Amazon. There has been such great innovations in fashion, though. I love like right, now, fashion. You, right now. You did, you, Raj has uh, got somewhere to be right after the show. So he he was changing his outfit real quick to get ready because he's got the uh, unenviable task of driving uh, you know up Reserve Street all the way down toward the Bitterroot. So he's throwing on some new shorts. And uh, I was like, bro, those are nice. Those are like fancy, but also like smooth, but also athletic. Those are like all my nicknames in high school. <laughs> fancy, smooth, athletic. What's up? So anyways, uh, those are nice. I got to give you some of those. And did you see the kicks that went to match with the fit? What you know about oh. those, son? Oh. Ooh, customs. Got the kids' initials on one. Got the daughter's initials. Little marbleization. You know what's up, son? Got to keep it clean. When you leave the house, have some pride about your appearance. <laughs> See, here's the thing I, that annoys me so much, though. What? This day and age, half the time, everybody in public is too busy staring at their phone when they're around people that they don't really know, so they don't notice your stuff. I don't need to. I, I notice my stuff. <laughs> I don't need. I, I don't, I'm my biggest fan. I don't care. You you missing out if you're over there TikToking. You got real life right here. TikTok these. <laughs> oh man, I love it. The uh, Knicks and Heat are underway, seven to four. New York up early, about three minutes in. And short-lived. But all eyes are going to be on the Warriors-Lakers tonight. So um, we sort of broke this down, and we were sort of on the same page, consensus that the Lakers were going to win. Is there any scenario in which you see the the Warriors extending this series, though? 
I, I don't know, man. There's this thing called LeBron James standing in their way, and he just had a look in his eye the other night sure. that was you just... You can tell, man. You can tell that he knows. He, he LeBron, knows. LeBron knows that he's going to play for a long time more because he's still in such great shape. I mean, he's obviously in great shape. He's one of the most well-conditioned athletes in the history of In the of history of sport. sports. In the history of humans. <laughs> no, for sure. But he's going to play for a long time more. But I think he understands... His own personal standing and his legacy, as well as anybody ever has before, especially within the current moment. Mm-hmm. And I think he knows, in terms of actually being one of the best players on his team, or the the, the man, the man on the team, the myth and the legend. He, he knows that that's that's coming to an end much more quickly than his NBA career. Correct. So that, that look at his eye that you're talking about. He has that man. He knows. He knows. Son, you could see it on screen. It was For like sure. he was looking in people. Looking through him, it was like he was watching my food get digested in my soul, all in the same vessel. I'm going to say LeBron and company, take it home, close I think, it out. I think that the, the two things that could uh, really keep the Warriors afloat. Steph Curry. Because here's the, here's the point blank period part about this. This series is so easy to boil down because the Lakers have such a huge size mismatch against the, the Warriors. The Warriors, Clay Thompson can't create his own shot anymore. Draymond Green can't shoot anymore. We need to talk about that on another show. No, for what sure. What happened? I mean, he blew his knee and tore his Achilles in back-to-back years. You know, like Truth. that's what happened. It's you know, it's it's just father he's, time he's and mother still nature. Good. Clay Thompson is still good, but he can't create his own shot anymore. Only Steph can create his own shot. And so this this series boils down to. Can Steph score more than he gives up? And can the Lakers exploit Steph on defense more than Steph scores? Yeah, right? Steph's like, defense is bad. That's been sort of the, the balancing act. When Steph scores 40 and gives up 30, Warriors win. Plus when, 10. When Steph scores 30 and gives up 40, the Warriors Negative lose. 10. And, and that's kind of where they're at right now. What so, end of the differential do I, you want to be but on? But I do think that the two things that could extend this series, get it to Game 7, is if one... If the Warriors shoot over forty percent from three, because they're going to shoot fifty threes tonight, you know, oh, yeah. if, if they if they hit eighteen to twenty threes, they're going to be that's going to keep them in it, if not put them over the top. Mm-hmm. The other thing is if Anthony Davis just doesn't show up. If Anthony Davis shows up, the Warriors got nothing for for the Lakers. If Anthony Davis doesn't show up, though, now all of a sudden the mismatches uh, are mitigated quite a bit. I mean, because that's the thing is. If, if who doesn't show up? <laughs> you're loving this. What's his thing. name? Anthony Davis. Because <laughs> he crumbles like paper, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Well, it, uh, it'll definitely be fun. So, uh, awaiting, we got, we'll have at least one more, well, maybe one more conference finalist after tonight, or maybe we'll have three game sevens. We've already got one game seven. It's going to be uh, Philly and Boston. Oh, yeah. Boston. Where are you Are you from Boston? Did you hear that, everyone? Boston in the garden? Uh, in your pocket that cat? one will be on Sunday in the garden. Here's an amazing stat for you. This is the uh, eighth time that Philadelphia and Boston have played in an NBA playoffs game seven. That is the most game seven matchups between two NBA franchises Ever in the Ever. history of the league. Philly and Boston, huh? Yeah. Huh? Well, because the Lakers and the Celtics have played in the finals a whole bunch of times, but a lot of times those haven't gone to seven games. Okay. So Philly Boston have played uh, eight different times in game sevens in the playoffs. So That's crazy. Uh, yeah, so we got one conference finalist so far in the Nuggets. Uh, maybe two more after tonight, or maybe not. And maybe we'll have three. Game, Game sevens. sevens. Uh, the two of them would be on Sunday, and then one of them would be on Monday. So. Let's go, Knicks. Force the game, brother. The, uh, that would be uh, certainly sweet. Uh, Andrew, we only got like three minutes left, but do you have one more for us? Hit us up. I don't know how many you got ready. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, lightning round. You yeah, guys, let's go. You, you guys have been ripping packs all day. Uh-huh. I just saw an article about how 
a Bill Russell rookie card sold for 660 k Do you guys have a card that money no object, like you would, like money is no object, is wow. is the the card for you that you would have to have in your collection? Well, I need to find out who the guy that got that much money and then jack him, and then money will be no object. <laughs> then we'll have a different conversation. No, just playing. Not for cards, but definitely for comic books. Because you know I'm a comic well. collector yeah, in yeah, that way, yeah. uh, too. Um, there are certain comics that... Um, I, that I, I have paid ridiculous amounts of money for and there are comics that I've sold <laughs> for ridiculous amounts of money but I would say yes when it comes to comics not so much cards yeah the, the only card I could say money no object I would I would absolutely want to buy is the 1952 Mickey Mantle card that is, that is sort of the holy grail of card collecting yeah only because that was the first when I was like in 6th or 7th grade I, I learned about Beckett which is the evaluation magazine that gives you the prices of the cards. Mm-hmm. I started scouring, and I remember at that exact moment when I first subscribed to Beckett, that Mickey Mantle card was worth like $28,000, and I thought that that was so crazy. Well, that same card, I think, sold for $2 million, uh, last week or earlier this week, some, sometime recently. Uh, more than just the money, no object, though, that was like the card that started it all for me. That was the one where I like flipped into... Oh, I want these cards so I can play games and shuffle around. And I remember to, a flip to, card for to, baseball. To, to then I was like, oh, no, I want to keep these completely in great shape because I'm going to be a millionaire someday. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, it was going to the comic book store and seeing, like, you know, even back in the late 70s, early 80s, what the first appearance of Spider-Man went for. I was yeah. like, whoa. And, like, now if you look that up. You, Unbelievable. Un- ridiculous. For cheap paper, bad staples, and a lot of acid, acidic ink. <laughs> Continuations of very many conversations on this show. Next time Raj is in, we'll do some 80s football. We'll do some softest players in NBA history so you can crumple up some more paper. A lot of those dudes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll keep on talking NFL as well. Uh, fun show. If you missed anything in it, you can always find it on the podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Presented by Blackfoot Communications, goblackfoot.com, the M Store, where they're all grids all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Before we shove off for the weekend... Hellgate Prom this weekend. Kids, please be safe. Be safe, yeah. Parents, monitor your kids. Good parents, monitor their kids, and it's okay. And congratulations to now all the graduating Grizzlies of the University of Montana. Big weekend in town. Be safe out there. Don't go downtown if you're old like me. (laughs) That's right. Have fun, be safe, and love yourselves, folks. We'll see you next week. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanas. From your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of 
giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, Go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union Building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana.